Hey, so this is the first episode of my mini abroad podcast, my abroad chats, and I'm super, super excited about it. I created this because there was all this information that I looked for and couldn't find about racial um, disparities within abroad, about studying abroad in COVID, which obviously is a new topic, but a really real topic that has affected my experience abroad about roommates, about all these things that I feel like was lacking on the web and definitely from a different, from a person of color. I didn't see this really looking at abroad. So I created it. So I'm really excited about all these chats. This first one is particularly about COVID-19. I have a friend of mine who was in a completely different program. I was in a program that was based off um, in college and hers was based off post-college but we both were studying abroad and i think our experiences are both really good to hear so soon she'll be joining me and we'll be having this really great kicker off conversation hi naomi i'm so happy to have you on this episode i know this is going to be a definitely a heavy one but i'm excited to have you on thank you so much uh for your time and for inviting me uh to do this pleasure honestly Mayana and yeah I'm excited um I probably wouldn't be excited to talk about it um a couple months ago but now I'm good (laughs) I think so we want to tell me a little bit about yourself like how we met yeah sure um so I am um I was born in the Dominican Republic and um I live in the Bronx I've been living in the Bronx for about I think 13 years or 10 years or something like that um and uh, I think we met so the first one we met was in the shot up and going back which was very brief um because I remember we probably had a very short conversation it was like the speed like and I remember following you after that I think we shared exchange instagrams and I'm like oh my god she's so cool and then I've been following you since then um and yeah um I graduated undergrad um like two years ago which is so crazy um but yeah I had studied international studies uh and communication and I also minored um in Italian and um ever since you know gotta get them languages damn ever since um between the two years um after graduation I've just I uh, was working like part-time job and um, I also was doing um, coaching. So uh, I was doing health coaching specifically, sort of like, I guess a lot of people would uh, call it life coaching. And I had coached two clients on, and then um, I I did the, well, (laughs) I had to do the Brazil thing, but (laughs) it didn't happen. But yeah, that's a a bit about me and I'm I'm trying to get back up into the, into that coaching thing now. but yeah, I'm manifesting that for you. And so what what exactly was the program that you studied abroad with? Like, because I study like a, with a program within my college. Uh, she's studying post-college. Um, I did uh, the Fulbright program. Um, but yeah, it was they have uh, like multiple different programs. Um, they do, you know, like graduate programs and stuff. But mine specifically was an English teacher assistantship. Um, in Brazil for nine months um, at a, the university level specifically. And what inspired you to, to go abroad? Honestly, um, I feel like it's a lot, of, a lot of it has to do with how I grew up. 
um, because I was born in the DR, like I said, and uh, I came to the States when I was like seven, and a lot of, well, most of my childhood was lived in between the two lands. And so I got, I was so used to being in planes and traveling back and forth. And, and every time I think about it, I think it's crazy. Like as kids, we get used to like, you know, switching from culture to culture and like, um, I guess, um, adapting. Um, and so in college, not in college, in high school, my senior year, I got to, um, do an exchange program in China for like two weeks. It was my first time, like, actually, like, traveling other than, like, in between my homeland and the U.S., and that sparked it all, and then, like, when I got to college, <laughs> I heard that we could do travel abroad, and I was a EOP student, which is an education opportunity program, and um, basically, they offer uh, scholarships and help me with, um, you know, education books, um, and they, ha they also happen to cover, like, the initial costs or, like, the... I think sort of like the application fee or the beginning cost of the study abroad programs. And so I heard that and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I told myself, I'm like, you know, every year of undergrad, I want to travel. And that kind of sparked it. And, you know, the Italian, I had studied Italian in high school too. And so I carried that over and then I wanted to learn other languages. Portuguese then came. Um, and I always saw, um, I don't know, the Brazilian culture. I think I probably listened to a song and I'm like, what language is that? And I'm like, and then I started, you know, diving in. And then, and, and, and like, next thing you know, I started watching uh, Onovela, <laughs> like a soap opera, uh, a Brazilian soap opera. And I'm like, wow, this culture is absolutely beautiful. And, I, and then I was like, you know what? Why not just go there and study? And I did a study abroad program for like a semester lived in Sao Paulo for uh, five months, I think it was. And I got to travel to many different cities. And then um, after I graduated, as I, I feel like many of us probably have this um, life crisis moment when it's like, what are we gonna do with ourselves? <laughs> I feel that now. Like, I feel like that. I'm not sure if it ever goes away. I'm starting to feel like. <laughs> um, and so I had I had that. I'm like, you know what? If I can keep on traveling and then um, the like the Fulbright thing came up and I'm like, you know, what? I'll, I'll apply. And what's crazy is that I started applying. Um, so I graduated um, spring of 2018. Mm -hmm. And I started applying like the summer of 2018 and in the fall of 2018, I did the interview, which was only one interview and, um, you know, finished applying. And then in the spring of 2019 is when I, I was told that I got accepted. Wow. It's been a year. Yeah. A whole year. Oh my God. After, and that's a reason like also that I, I feel like I was so in between and why going to Brazil was such a, like a huge thing for me and many actually all of us in the program because we had to wait a whole year until we found out because I actually didn't I wasn't applying to any full-time positions or like career professional job yeah, uh, because I was afraid that I'll get the acceptance and then I'll have to leave and I didn't think that was okay even though people told me it doesn't matter but um I, yeah, that kept me away from applying to a lot of full-time stuff. And then after I was told that, you know, I'm actually starting in 2020, I is when I started to get, like, part-time jobs. And, um, yeah, that's why I, I, I think I just, after that, like, study abroad program in Brazil, it just sparked, like, living in Sao Paulo and getting, I had met a lot of Brazilians in my university. And so I went to visit them all around Brazil. And it just, I, I grew a love. It was, like, a, honestly, home. 
Um, I love that. Setting abroad, experiencing that in college, like, changed your life. Like, you were able to want to do it after college. Like you, it sparked something deeper than just going a semester, which I totally agree with me, too. I know I've been wanting to go abroad for, like, ever. But my mom, yes. And that's the thing. I met I met her in the Shut Up and Go um, event, which is all about traveling. Like, that's what sparked our relationship in the beginning. Even now, leaving... I feel like I need to go for Barcelona for a year. Like, I feel like I need to do that. Like, I, I want to experience it for so much longer because the spark is still there and it's still, like, in my bones. I remember watching your stories and I'm like, I remember the feeling. It reminded me of my study abroad experience in Brazil because I did a whole bunch of other programs, but they weren't, like, study abroad programs. They weren't, mm. uh, like, semester long. They'd be, like, two or three weeks, I don't know, uh, to a month. But Brazil specifically, living there, and, I, like, I saw your stories just experiencing, like, you know, your first times in Barcelona and then traveling around. I'm like, oh, my, I know the joy she's feeling, and I'm, like, so happy because it's just so, like, you just have to feel it in order. Like, it's so hard to explain it, but it's such a special experience, so special. I, I agree completely, and I just, this, the way that this happened this time, I know it's just been crazy for all of us. We're going to end up going back for sure. I'm already manifesting it. When it first happened, I mentally prepared that I was going to go back in January to ship myself back to Barcelona. <laughs> so wild. because So I use a lot of vision boards. I've been using it for like a couple of years. And right behind me, over here, is mine. I see. I see. And I literally, I have it there because I just know it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I totally agree. It will. It will. It will happen. <laughs> so what was the time that you, what time was it for you when you got the news that the borders were closing? Oh, my God. Um, so I arrived in Brazil on um, like early February, like the first week of February. And um, just to <laughs> kind of give context to where we were at, um, we had a, a week of orientation where all the ETAs, the English teacher assistants from across Brazil, were to me and, you know, do like sort of like informational stuff, blah, 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 for like a week together in Sao Paulo. Then after that, we all had to go to our host uh, uh, cities. And mm. so, um, for like three weeks, I lived in a, a Airbnb, and then I also lived on a friend's couch because I had such a hard time finding a an apartment. And then, a week, about not even a week into me getting my apartment, maybe like uh, I I didn't even get to have my bed. <laughs> my bed wasn't even delivered, um, or fridge. Um, maybe a couple days into me getting my apartment and signing the contract putting down the down payment, getting my Wi-Fi up, <laughs> my phone plan. Everything situated. I'll never forget, man. That was so traumatizing. It was, so we had, Friday they told us officially, at like the 13th of, of March. And then the day before that Thursday, we were already talking about it because there were like some programs already that were canceling. So we were like, our ears were like, oh my God. It's a, we were, and I was kind of like preparing myself. I was like, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. It was, and let me tell you, a whole mess because the way they communicated, the way they dealt with it was absolutely, like, so, I feel like, inhumane in many parts Um, because they gave us, it was a Friday. And if you know Brazil, Brazilian culture, you understand that things take time. to Like, when anything that comes to, uh, like, businesses or anything, it takes a long time. So, if you want to cancel contracts, whether that's phone plans, Wi-Fi, anything, that takes a long time. And these people gave us three days to leave the country. 
And we, and it was, it was very out of, like, I understand it was, they probably were in, under a panic. They were like, we need to get out as soon as possible. But when we saw the email, we were like, there's no way we can do this in three days. Like, we have to cancel all this and do a whole bunch of stuff. And um, a lot of us, like, just, like, we were refusing to leave. Like, nope, we're not leaving. Like, this is, there's no way, um, the, the way this is being handled, are, like, like first of all, are we going to get the our stipends, the money that we were promised to be paid? Because we were, there were so many people in my program who um, had full-time jobs before Fulbright, like, you know, their insurance, everything. And they left all of that, you know, in the U.S. to go to Brazil. And our entire year, the, uh, well, the next nine months, we were depending on these payments to survive. And then, so we were like, there's no way we can, like, you can't just kick us out and not, you know, like, what, what's going to happen? And so, yeah, um, a couple of us just, you know, um, decided to just, you know, lay it out and see what happened. And then, like, the next day, they were like, you know what, let's see what's going to happen. And they were more so, like, I guess, a little bit more chill and understanding that we needed more time. Um, and But then they also just continued to pressure us. They didn't know, like, whether Brazilian borders were going to close, whether the U.S. was going to close its borders. I had family, like, obviously being very, um, you know, scared and and. Uh, yeah, they were like, "Naomi, you have to come back now." I'm like, "Dude, I'm waiting it out. Like, I don't, I don't know." And um, it took. I think there were some people who definitely left right away, but I. It took me a. I think it was a week. A week into it, that I was like, you know what? Maybe the best thing is to just go. And and thankfully to to cancel my um contract because I put on I put down some down payments for the you know. I think we all know how that works. You know, like you have to put some money down. Yeah. And I was hoping I was going to get most of it back. And I did, thankfully, um, because I had my program manager. Um, she, you know, she brought in a lawyer and everything for to cancel the, the contract. So I'm so grateful that she was able to help. But there was other people in my program who probably didn't get any money back. They told us Friday that we had to go, like we had three days. And we even wrote a whole um, petition and everything, laying everything out, how messed up this is. And, and you know, the following Friday is when I had my flight, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. I think that's, that's like, very interesting because, it, like, I see some correlations to my experience, but then some, like, drastically different parts to my experience. Like, I, for me, it was actually, I think you've got the email probably because it was a night time that I remember it happened. So when the boys, when Trump actually had that, like speech where he closed the borders it was 8 p.m in the states but it was like 3 a.m in the morning in barcelona so i i remember i was asleep but like you said we also kind of started hearing programs closing things happening and it was funny because about a week before that we had friends in italy who were sending going getting sent home so we as you know, like because we, we were abroad, we had a different perspective on all of this because we've been seeing it slowly, slowly take over. You were in Europe, so that was very much, you know. I mean, when I went to Italy for a for a, a weekend trip, they were taking my temperatures already, so I already knew that things were going to start happening. But something in my head told me Barcelona's a little farther to the west will be fine. So, and a week ago before I left, I had friends getting sent home. Um, and then the day before, they closed my classes. They were no longer in person. We had our last in-person class that Wednesday. But they said we could stay 
in Barcelona and, and take our classes online. It was fine. You can still live in your apartment. Like, Barcelona is fine, but you can't, like, we're no longer going to have it in class. And I was like, damn, that's kind of it's kind of fucking yeah. okay, And then I literally went to sleep, like, okay, like, trying to already cope with that information. I was already, like, healing with this. And then I wake up. I was, like, my roommate banged on my door, like, banged on my door, like, my wake up, my wake up, my wake up. And I'm like, what the hell? It's, like, 2 a.m. And she's like, Trump, close the fucking border, sis. Wake up. And I was like, oh, oh. And all after that moment, my phone started going off. Family started reaching out. My mom called me. My, and then I was, like, it was like my body automatically flipped. Like, I have, like, a versatile reaction. Yeah. Because it was, like, I think one of it was I was so nicely asleep and then everything just woke me up. But also the fear of everyone else's voice, like I started to internalize it and my flight was the next day. I, so it was 8, 3 a.m. in the morning. My mom was like, you're leaving. Like my mom and my family were like, they felt like it was better for me to leave as soon as possible. And looking at, back at it, I understand because the next few days getting flights were really hard. But the price of my flight was ridiculous. It was like a $2,000 flight. Well, my family helped me with this, luckily. So I had that privilege of like having my family to help me. But like that was expensive ass flight. I mean, like everything was going up because there were so many people trying to leave. So I left the next day. But your program didn't offer, like, to cover the cost or reimburse you later? After we left and I was back in the States, there was, like, a few things. Like, my school back home gave me, like, a somewhat reimbursement of the flight. Was it the whole flight? No. But obviously, I understand. Like, no one expected it to be as expensive as it ended up being. But in the moment, it was kind of, I didn't have, we didn't have time to think about that. I mean, I had, I literally woke up. It happened all at 3 a.m. I woke up again at 7 because I had to leave that day at 2. So I had from 6 um, six a.m. to 2 p.m. to pack my bags, pack my room, say bye to my teachers, say bye to my art teachers, go spare my friends. Like, like, it was like, I know. Like, right now I'm like, because, <laughs> like, it was all that. It was like I was on speed. So I totally get that. So a little different. I didn't have, like, you had a week, which is still was a stressful week. But I, I had less than, less than six, seven hours. I would and that's because I also had family tell me, Naomi, you have to come back ASAP. Like, no matter what, even if they don't pay for anything, if they don't give you yeah. money, we got you. We're going to find a way. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm staying because I'm going to make sure they pay me my money. And it was so, it was so wild. Like, I can laugh about it now. That's real. The trauma that, like, the emotion, that weekend was such an emotional roller coaster. It was probably the worst emotional roller coaster I've ever been on. And, it, like, I said, even talking about it, it brings up because it's so insane. It's so scary. Um, just, I mean, I'm so thankful that the program, they, you know, they paid for our flights. They, like, set everything up. Um, sometimes, was it, like, the best flights that they chose? No, because there were people that had to go through, like, three different airports, like, international airports and, like, a mess, you know. But either way, very grateful that they were able to cover those costs. God, but that it was so insane. It was no, I, I have to agree. I do appreciate my program. Like my program, even with it all happening, when I went to my, I so when I had to, I got up and I was like, okay, first I guess 
the first thing to do is like finish my school like say i'm leaving like i don't know what to, i didn't know again no one prepares you for this which we'll get into later like the pre- preparation for this like who could prepare you for the worst so it was kind of like mentally like what did i think was the first step so i had to say bye to my program first to make sure they knew i was like leaving the country and they the level of comfort that happened in that office was something that i am so grateful for because like you said, the, the programs really are important, even though there are things that obviously no one could prepare for on their side or our side, the, there was a lot of comfort that was given. Yeah, I, I was very thankful. So the and my program manager at the institution, she was incredibly helpful. And many of them for us were like, they literally had, they did so much, so much, you know, from like helping us cancel contracts to you know, paying for rides and all this crazy stuff. It was, it was um, uh, like, honestly, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have that kind of support. It was so I totally agree. I totally agree. It's like, that's one thing. I'm like, with all that, there was like a lot of soothing that was necessary. <laughs> Looking at it now, working through it all, have you unpacked, like not just physically, like, but emotionally, like, have you unpacked it all? And I, I have, and I, I always tell this to my friends because, you know, they ask me, oh, how's it going? I'm like, honestly, I'm so much better than how I was like a couple months ago because I was not doing good. It was, it was so, such a scary time to be in. And I remember that weekend when everything happened, like I didn't care about anything. I'm like, dude, I, I was so numb, so numb. And a friend, uh, like a friend, and I went out for literally a drink. We it was the first time I ever in my life, <laughs> and I understand why people do it because you know, like you just really don't care. My the first time ever in my life, I drank out of like you know wanting to, I guess escape or I don't even know how you would call it, but we and went then, like to yeah to a bar and literally we were talking to the bars and they were asking what's going we were like sobbing <laughs> oh my god that experience was like it was so crazy and um you know it wasn't it was it was very scary because I when I came back I also realized you know we were all in quarantine it was it was very it was like the very be- obviously the very beginning stages I, I noticed that I also leaned into alcohol maybe this is not the healthiest part to cope so um I'm definitely, I, I feel alive again. I, I didn't feel alive back then. Like it was, I didn't, it was like, I, I would say like minor depressive episodes where I would just sleep all day. Didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I felt like a failure, even though I, it had nothing to do with me. I literally was like, dude, I'm walking into this airport and I, I feel like a clown. <laughs> like I'm coming back. I'm supposed to be away for nine months. Like I feel like a, a whole clown walking through this airport and coming back where you know, I, a month ago, I was saying bye to people as if, like, I was going to be gone for a really long time, and, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, I feel like I have emotionally unpacked, um, it was, I was very, very hurt, I was so, so extremely upset, I mean, and, and many of us in the program were so, I guess, I, I don't know if, if we're sinful or, like, just, I, I think rightfully so, we were just upset, because the way they treated us, it was very, um, there was so much that happened, but, um yeah no I'm, I'm very grateful that I allowed myself the time and space to you know do that unpacking because it took me I would say about a month or so to feel back like I was like okay I'm still breathing I'm okay 
you know, I slowly started, you know, doing things that I enjoyed throughout my day, you know, going back to journaling, eating, like, like playing some guitar, or like at least trying to freaking practice guitar, um, or, you know, any little thing, meditating, um, and it, it really helped. And now I feel like, you know, I, and, and I feel like a part of it also, I'm not going to hold you, is the fact that later on maybe like a month or two after it happened they decided to pay us all of um like most not all of it but most of our um stipend stipend yeah so um i'm I, i'm not sure what i would say if they didn't if i like if they didn't pay us anything because they were planning on not have like they were only planning on uh, us on giving like maybe like two thousand dollars more than it was a total of like i think 12k that we had we were expecting to make um but yeah, I think a huge part of that is the fact that they, you know, agreed to pay on um, like most of the amounts because people there were people like and I, I there still are a lot of Fulbrighters who are homeless, who don't have insurance, who are still trying to you know um uh just go through it and and there are many people I mean grantees who still haven't been paid anything at all and so. I'm very grateful and privileged. Like I, I, I like I realize it. it. I'm very, very blessed. And to be able to come back to living with my mom, you know, like I don't know what. It's a blessing. Yeah, for sure. But I'm doing much, much better. How about for I, you? How has it? How has it been? I mean, I, I definitely agree with a lot of those feelings. I think when I first came back, it was interesting because my program really wanted me to self quarantine from being in Europe. So I came home and I quarantined. And by the time I finished quarantine, New York City was quarantining. Yes. So I was like, I never really stepped out the door for about a month. And to come back to New York City and only really see it on my car ride from the tr- plane to the house. And then being locked there for a month. And then having to still do class because my class was still happening. Um, I was overloaded and like just... I mean, luckily, my school gave us about a few days because I was the first to leave, really. So people were still leaving the week after. So my program was really nice and lenient about handing in assignments for the first, for really the whole semester. Because look, we really were ending early because we were abroad. So we ended school April 25th. So I only had about two months left of school. People had school all the way into June. So my school is very lenient. That's why I'm very thankful for my program. But... And I think it definitely sucked for my family because I I wasn't in the mood. I wasn't happy. I was angry too. I mean, I was going through all these emotions that now I can verbalize. But then I was like, I'm, I'm technically fine. Like, I'm home. I'm not sick. And I was so thankful for my time I had. And that's what kept me, I think, sane was looking back at it with such joy. But I also was dealing with that emotion of like, looking at the present with like such anger and frustration because you know you like you said you prepare for these moments for a while and then it was ripped away like everything else in the world every and then like I think also I think one thing that I realized was big was I didn't let myself really unpack for a minute because I felt like it wasn't important at that time like at that time I was really dealing with my mom is a as a nurse so there was a lot of other things that I knew were more important like I knew people were losing their like you said people are homeless people are losing their jobs people are going through all these things I'm getting sent home from 
early from a vacation in some people's eyes. So, I mean, like, a lot of it, I was like, I, it's not important to feel or feel bad about, but I was so, I was so confused because I felt all these things, but I knew in the bigger scheme, it wasn't. So, I really had to work on, like, allowing myself to feel and to validating my own feelings, even though when there's, like, all these, I guess, in some ways, more, in a lot of ways, more important sadness going on um, in the world. Teacher Maya here with a few sponsorships. I am really, really excited to chat with you guys about WOOF and public goods. So WOOF, which stands for Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms, is a network of homestays and organic farms that you can volunteer at. This is an amazing way to travel and see the world. With just one yearly fee, you get access to a whole network of safe and guaranteed fun places to stay at and learn at. For time helping out on the farm, you're able to live on the farm by night and learn on the farm by day. Their mission is basically to promote awareness of these practices and give us an opportunity to have a great educational and cultural exchange. I personally stayed on one of the farms on their network this last summer in Vermont. And that was my first solo experience traveling and I gotta say, it was truly empowering and also so educational for me and my journey with food. I have a code, Curly Mayana, that will give you 10% off your membership for the year, making the price basically just one and a half dinner outings with your friends, $36. I think that's a great, great deal. So please take a part in this amazing opportunity and fantastic way to see the world. The second sponsor is Public Goods. Public Goods is a yearly subscription brand focusing on giving us healthy, sustainable products at an affordable rate. And they also partner with another project that plants trees, so every time you order, they plant a tree, which I think is pretty, pretty cool. They ship internationally, so wherever you are, you can take part in Public Goods. And I have a 15% off code for your first purchase which is Curly Mayana PGA. So please use that when you are purchasing to get 15% off. That's pretty, pretty good amount. All right, I hope you take part in Wolf and Public Goods. And back to Maya with the episode and talk for the day. How are you looking at it? Like that was what, how we were feeling um, the first few months, which like you said, is valid. And I think it's very important to like, realized it was valid to feel frustrated and thankful at the same time because that's basically what we had like happy for the experience but then also so frustrated on how the experience went and looking at it now how what are you feeling post a few months post like the hard intense part of quarantine how are you coping with all of that now honestly i'm extremely grateful like i'm so grateful i didn't think i mean i know like I would be down the road, but, you know, obviously when you're in this depressive state, you're like, I don't care. I did th- like, this seems like it's never going to end. But I'm very, very grateful, and um, I-, I realized it was the, I guess, the correct thing to do because, um, you know, I- I'm not sure how safe I would have been if I would have stayed in Brazil. 
I don't know, the health crisis that has happened in Brazil has been very, very, like, bad. And um, we were talking, like, amongst us ETAs, we were discussing how how uh, how much of a burden we would feel to the Brazilian, you know, um, government and, and the people that we have to take up, if anything were to happen, God forbid, that we were to take up a space in a hospital where we felt like Brazilians deserved that space. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm very grateful. I think, you know, as always, everything happens for a reason. The other ETAs and I, that when the whole revolution started here in in the U.S., we were like, this is why we, maybe this is why we were meant to come back, to be part and take part in this, because we know how meaningful it was for us. And I'm like, this is insane, just how everything plays out. And, um, it's it's taught it's taught me a lot, uh, and I've allowed myself to learn so much from it. It's it's absolutely um incredible. Very grateful for obviously the opportunity, like we've said. I have people that ask me about the program and whether or not they should trust it or not, and um, I'm I'm very honest with it, and I I think there's such an incredible value, like the mission of being able to go and travel elsewhere, some like a, a place where it's so different from your own, you know, comfort and being able to understand the world in a better way or like, um, I think that mission still holds true. Um, and I, I feel very empathetic and it, it's crazy because I'm like, if I would have been working as like the person who has to deal with the students or the grantees, I, I don't know how I would feel, but I, it'd be so insane. But um, I'm very grateful for it, and I look back at it, and I think to myself, because for a long time after I did my semester abroad in 2017, I, I had that dream and that ambition of, you know what, I want to live in Brazil for longer, like for th- three years or whatever, and um, and I took this like situation, and I was like, maybe... Maybe I don't need to go through a program to get the experience. Maybe I could just buy a one-way ticket and be like, peace, <laughs> you know? And so that's what's, like, been on my mind. And, you know, one day I feel like I'll just go ahead and buy that one-way ticket. Um, and, yeah, I'm just grateful and looking forward to whatever the rest of the year has in store. Because um, I feel like, you know, we do have an opportunity to make um, – out of bad quote-unquote bad things we have an opportunity to make good things out of it along the same way I mean I was journaling a lot because I was looking at my goals my abroad experience like I had all these goals of growing confidence and all these things and I look at it and I was like did I and I'm like I did like even there were so many things that I started abroad that I continued now like I haven't showed my visual art in the sense I do now like I started that abroad and I now have a creative shop so there's so many things that I feel like, like you said, I wouldn't have done that if I didn't come home early and yeah. I didn't have that time to sit with myself. With Revolution, I don't know how I would feel knowing that my family and all this stuff is in danger and being away. If I was away for during all these sad moments, I don't know how I would be able to cope with that. Yeah. So maybe it was a blessing to be home even though I wish this didn't happen at all. But to be home right now is, is really a blessing and I, I totally agree with that. I think some part of me also feels like it was all a dream I think now going back at it I'm like I guess like the whole situation feels like I like look back at it I'm like that did happen and I think in the beginning I was like not looking back at pictures I made a little video to like kind of help myself but like really looking back at the moments I didn't and then now I have been really looking back at the pictures like really reminiscing on the time realizing how much it impacted me realizing how like a blessing it was more 
I'm allowed to look at those pictures. That, that did happen. I did experience that. It, I did do that. That was an accomplishment, even if it was a day or four months, like for you, nine months. And I think definitely you have a particular experience with like your program, which is really real and very valid. Um, my program, I'm now an alumni ambassador. So I feel like even if I didn't stay long, I can still make an impact in the circle of it. And like you said, even my two months there, it opened up an eye for me to go longer. And that's so real. That's so, it's so crazy and beautiful to see the different stages, you know, and, and obviously a lot of this has to do with grief. Um, to Like I myself, I like maybe a couple of weeks ago, I realized how much I didn't even listen to Brazilian music because I, I didn't want to you know I literally felt like I just needed to forget like not be reminded that I you know went through that but now I'm like you know what let's go like I that happened that did happen it happened in 2020 it happened this year even though it seems like it was a long time ago honestly it did happen and it's a part of the journey it's a part of it all and that's also okay you know um and yeah it's 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 really beautiful I'm, I'm happy I'm happy for us too do you feel that there was a part of what happened that no one could prepare you for? I thought a big part of how I was feeling before was like, I wish I prepared for this. Like, I wish I could have, someone told me this was going to happen. Like, I had this frustration of feeling like I prepared so much and I still feel so unprepared for what happened. Um, do you feel like anybody could prepare you for that or that had to be an experience that you'd have had on your own? Yes. And no, yes, in the sense that I feel like, and I, I will always continue saying this because the lack of, of um, support and just crisis management that like the Fulbright program in Brazil had, and just, I feel like in many other countries too, was very scary. Like, even if it, you know, obviously nobody was ready for this. Ain't nobody, you know, maybe there was somebody out there who did know. T. But <laughs> ain't nobody knew, right? And so, um, it like, however, I feel like to a certain extent, organizations that are, you know, that are in charge of people's lives that, you know, we have to depend on, um, whether it's a study abroad program or whatever it is, they have this level of responsibility to be able to understand how to handle a crisis. Whether, you know, you never know how big it's going to come, but either way, a crisis is a crisis, right? And so... I feel like, in a sense, they could have done so much better, so much better. Sense that, um, that no, you, you couldn't have been prepared. Man, there's just shit that happens in life that ain't nobody like you. Just don't know until you know, <laughs> you know. And so, and so, it's like one of those yeah. people say, like, you don't know what it's like to be a mom until you're a mom, or like. In, in any experience, like, I know we can sort of, like, be able to empathize in a sense or, or sympathize with, you know, situations when we look at them. But um, to experience it itself is very, very different. And um, if anything, be able to have a, a support system behind you, like friends. Oh, my God. If it wasn't for a group of, of incredible people that I met, um, other ETAs in my program, we were we literally had each other for the time mm. for the whole journey for the whole you know when it happened and when we came back to the states all checking in on each other and totally talking and having conversations if it wasn't for that support system because i would talk to people about it here and like friends here and they it's just we couldn't understand yet yeah even though they really care for you and they you know they just it's just they don't get it they don't get it and it's okay you don't they don't have to get it but to be able to have someone who understands 
um, I think that's probably the best uh, thing you could have like through it all. Because- I agree. What did you think the biggest thing you learned about yourself going through this? Like you were saying- and and it, it just serves as a reminder to me whenever I, I may find myself in like a very difficult situation again that no matter what, I'm it's gonna it's gonna be over. Like I'm gonna get through it. And I can get through it, even though in the moment, like in the moment, I don't want to hear shit about, oh, it's going to (laughs) pass. But I deep down, deep down, I know that it's temporarily for as long as I allow it to be. And when like the, the fact that I am, you know, even breathing is a blessing in itself. So I feel like to be able to remind, like I literally every day just tell myself, like, keep going, keep going. Yeah, I'd say that's probably the biggest one. Just, like, I look at myself, like, from, like, three months ago. I, like, I'm looking at myself, and I'm like, wow, yo, you are the shit. Because, <laughs> like, Girl. I, it's like you look back, and you're like, how the hell did I do it, you know? I totally agree. I mean, that's, and that's such a blessing you were able to learn that about yourself, too. Like, like, that's such a great thing, even though, like, it's very wrapped in a very bittersweet wrapping. Um I would agree with that, what you said about preparing. And it was really hard to throw fingers because I know there was like so so much the whole world was dealing with. But I totally agree that like when the first person went went home in Italy about three weeks before everything exploded in Barcelona, we should have all been sent home. I think looking back at it now, there should have been a level of like when – when China was really going through in the beginning, the whole world should have recognized it and sent them at home. And looking back at it, I realized that, like, people did take a little bit, we all, as as a collective, took a little bit more leniency on how bad it was going to be. And I guess that's a lesson for us all to recognize. And I hope programs recognize that for the next. So that will be, you'll know that next people who get to go to these programs will have a lot more, I guess, safety measures because we... We were the trial. We were the trial of this crisis. And that's a good, that's how I've been looking at it now. But I definitely agree that there could have been that. And preparing for for the days going home, I don't think no one could have prepared me for that. I think that was definitely, I had to take something from inside of me and pull it out. Like whatever strength I, I had internally, I just had to use all of it because I think if I wasn't on my toes and didn't believe that I could do it, it could have been a lot more chaotic. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I do think that. And what I learned about myself, I d- totally agree about strength. I realized I'm way stronger than I thought I was. And I also realized that what you're supposed to go through will happen but, will happen either way if you think that's how it's supposed to have happened that if that makes sense like i had a lot of goals and they did they were accomplished but they were accomplished in a different completely different way than how i expected them to be accomplished and i didn't realize that until like you said now looking back at it and so anything you would say we're going in planning to go abroad and planning to do this like gonna go through this do you think they can anything they can take away from our experience I, I encourage anyone who's, like, interested in study abroad to talk and find and see if you have a way of connecting with some, a student or a grantee, whatever, that went through the whole, you know, um, like, situation this year and see how the program dealt with it. Because the program will tell you certain things, but 
then they won't. Like, it's. I think it's so much better for you to understand, you know, um, to, to understand it from, a, a, a like, a first-person perspective. And you'll be able to ha- kind of have, like, a better mindset and be able to, you know, to a certain extent, prepare yourself for certain things. Asking the right questions, asking the program, okay, what are your procedures? It's okay for you to ask. Like, dude, it, they have... Your life is basically in their hands. <laughs> so I think more than anything, asking those questions. How did you handle the situation and what things would you have done differently? And are you going to do differently if it does, if something similar were to happen? Um, I, I totally agree. I, w- I would add maybe to also well, two things I would add. One, like you said, every experience is valid. Uh, if, that, if this hasn't taught me that, I don't know what has. Um, what I looked at people who studied abroad previous years and then look at my year, a part of me felt like, wow, I didn't ex- get to experience as much as I thought abroad was. And then I realized I did experience what abroad was. I experienced a lot of what abroad was. And I think just remembering going in that your experience might be two months, it might be four months. I hope it's the whole program. But whatever you get to experience, it's valid and it's real and you did it and you accomplished something. And I think another thing is to also really don't take your time for granted. Go in and know that the first day you land is an accomplishment. The next day you're there is an accomplishment. Every day you spend there is something. And to remember that even before you get there. So you, when you leave, at least you can know that you lived those two months you did live with with something like something did happen those two days even if it was only an hour you were in Barcelona you had a great freaking hour so I just think that to remember that going in okay so now we have a quick round of questions what's one place you wished you visited before you left in Brazil I wanted to go to the Salvador where Brazil all started yeah Mm. I would say I wish I visited the south section of Spain Andalusia. How long was your trip home and how many planes did you have to take? I think it was about a day long and um, I took two planes. I think initially I had to take three, but then they cut it down to two. I think it was two. Yeah, I'd say two. Did you have, did you have a layover? I, I did. I had a layover in, um, I think it was Belo Horizonte, like in Brazil, because I was in the northern part of Brazil, so I had to go center and then I went to New, to New York. Got it, got it, got it. I had two planes, and I left, like, I left for my plane at, like, 2 p.m., I think. So I think I, my plane didn't really leave till 7. And I remember getting to, I had my layover in London, and I had an 11-hour layover. Ooh, so, so, and I didn't have time to get, a, like, a um, place to stay. So I was in the Starbucks, like, watching YouTube the whole time, like, you're going to stay up, you're going to stay up, you're going to stay up. My two, like, huge luggages, um... But my plane ride, the second plane ride, was like weirdly like where I was empty, but also full at the same time. Like I had the whole road to myself, which I that was like a good part, I guess, of the whole travel experience. But like it was definitely still full, but definitely less full, I think, than yours because by that point people were all like heading home. Mine's was like whoever got the first flight out. So, but no, yeah, mine's was two flights, eleven hour layover in London. So I was about a two day. I left Thursday. I didn't get home until like friday night technically but technically friday morning because of the time change (laughs) the last question was how many bags did you start off with and how many bags did you end with um 
I remember packing. I never in my life, I always wondered if I was ever going to pack, like, just throw my stuff in the luggage. <laughs> and uh-huh. and I literally just threw everything in. Um, Going home, I did the same thing. <laughs> I think I left with the same amount of bags. I had two two bags that I checked in. So I had to pay for, like, I had to pay some fees for them bags. Um, And then I had a carry-on and, a like, a backpack. So, like three suitcases and one backpack i'll say but you came with the same amount and left with the same amount that's impressive i i came with one big like gigantic luggage and one backpack and i left with two luggages in my backpack so i had to buy one because i didn't have i mean i technically probably could have fit everything in the one but I had, like, no time to think. So I was like, I'm going to throw everything in the second bag, and I'm going to leave. And when I get home, I'll, like, unpack it all. But I ha- I left one more. Honestly, I think one of my bags were overweight. <laughs> so Mine's too. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. No, yeah. Oh, crazy. All right, well, thank you so much for joining me on this talk. I mean, it's really a good talk. Oh, and yeah. A packed talk, but Honestly, a really yeah. needed talk. For sure, for sure. Thank you so much for your time once again and your energy. Um, it's always a pleasure to be able to, you know, have these conversations. Um, and yeah, appreciate you so much. And looking forward to everything else that you create and just share <laughs> to the world. Um, and yeah, all the best. Thanks, girl. Thank you. <laughs> hey, y'all. Thank you for listening. That was the end of a broad chat with Mayana, episode one. I want to go over the credits. Big thank you to Public Goods and Woof for creating those codes for us. Um, I also want to thank Samantha Feliciano for the song that happens during the sponsorships and Cinder Music Productions for creating the theme song, Blessed by Your Voice. Well, have a fantastic day and keep shining and glowing like you guys all do. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye now.